Hello everybody, Ben Roberts here, the Raptors Digest. Riker, we're inching closer and closer to the playoffs, and you've patented this this idea, so to speak, for the for the Toronto Raptors team. You don't like going beyond an eight-man rotation in the playoffs, and obviously that's what the Raptors ran last season, but now with Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard gone, we're going to have a different rotation going to the playoffs this year, and... There's, there's been a lot of competition, a lot of speculation about who those top eight guys are going to be. Maybe we'll, we'll creep into a nine people in the, the playoff rotation. But the, the players that have been locks are Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Vliet, OG Ananobi, Serge Ibaka, Marc Gasol, Pascal Siakam, and who, who, am I, who am I forgetting right now? I, I, you said them really quick, Marcus Ben. Marc Gasol? We know, sure. we, that... we, Norman Powell, sorry. Norman Powell. Those are the the top seven guys. They've been locked in for for the Toronto Raptors this season, but there's been speculation. Nick Nurse has brought up that he still thinks Patrick McCaw is a part of that eight-man rotation. There's been some backlash, some fire to that. Terrence Davis has had an amazing year this year. Matt Thomas has come out in games and just just been lights out on fire, has been shooting a ridiculous percentage from three. And depending on the, the center position, the big Boucher has been there as well, but I think that he's going to be situational. Riker, what is your impressions, your opinion on this eight-man rotation? Should we keep that sort of thing going into the playoffs this year when everyone's back healthy? And who do you want to see in that position? I thought you'd never ask, Ben. Let me put it this way, all right? We are currently suggesting that we're going to keep this man who's been undeniably one of the best pure shooters ever to come into the NBA. He's getting recognition around the league. He's getting scouted now from Toronto Raptors. He came in undrafted. He came. We plucked him out of Europe. Matt Thomas, right? You're telling me that you're not going to play this guy during the playoffs where the most impactful shot of a game when the game slows down is the three-point shot, especially coming off of a screen or off of a roll, right? A, a, a position where you have teams that will literally trade all of their assets. Their entire goal of the season is to get one solid player and then fill the team with a bunch of shooters so you can just let that player go crazy and just make sure that whenever it gets kicked out, then that, that other player can hit their shots. In my mind... And and this is going to sound pretty hypocritical for anybody that's a fan of our podcast because of how much I have praised Patrick McCaw since we've acquired him. But in my mind, you got to play Matt Thomas come playoff time given the three-point shot is the most valuable thing that you can have for a role player coming off the bench in the playoffs. That That's an interesting take because we're, we're going to focus on McCaw and Terrence Davis and Matt Thomas in this podcast, but he's the guy that's played the absolute least out of those three guys, especially considering you know, McCaw is basically a borderline starter and Terrence Davis has just been explosive, but you, you said it, Matt Thomas is a guy that just comes in, he's efficient, his, his season splits are not that great because his minutes have been so consistent, but his efficiency has been there. He's only averaging five points, but is shooting 50% from three three point range this year on 2.4 attempts so he's coming to games and completely changed the game with his shooting but the thing about Matt Thomas I think the reason that he's lower in the sort of hierarchy for the the current status of the Raptors rotation is Patrick McCaw and Terrence Davis not at the same level are able to shoot the three not at the same level as Matt Thomas but can shoot it pretty consistently Terrence Davis is shooting about 40% from the three this year, which is a really solid number. And McCall, he's shooting uh, his three-point percentage at 36%. So these are both guys that can knock down the three. But 
they're also players that are no more known for their defensive ability and more known for their ability to create off the dribble and make passes. And I think Matt Thomas has impressed a lot of people with his ability to handle the ball, but he hasn't really shown a knack for creating for other players. And I, I think where McCaw especially separates himself from the other two guys, he can create for other players on the team, but Terrence Davis's ability to get buckets for himself and also be a solid creator, I think that that's kind of the differentiating factor for, for McCaw and Terrence Davis in the, the current slight of things compared to Matt Thomas. But I think that I think that McCaw is almost unplayable in the playoffs for, for, for the reason that his confidence is not at the same level. Like if we're gonna say that all right, the other two guys they can also equally shoot, which is not really true because I Patrick McCaw he just he he doesn't shoot consistently. Maybe his stats are showing that he's a decent three point shooter, but the eye test that doesn't prove that he is like especially in the most recent game now against the the Phoenix Suns like he's not stroking his three. And the reason I don't think he's as good is because he's not confident when he's out there. At least with Terrence Davis, although he's only a rookie. We can make the argument that at least he's confident to go out there and hit big shots. And we're not asking for either of these three players that we're, that we're arguing about right now to be the, the, the playmaker or you know the, the facilitator when they get out there. They're going to be a role player because in an eight-man rotation, especially in the playoffs, we're going to be seeing 40 minutes per game from both Lowry and Fred Van Vliet. And heaven forbid there's a time where they both need to be benched because they're both sucking the the onus is going to then be on Norm Powell to be the creator. So I don't think that there's ever going to be a time where our primary guy is going to be any of those three bench players that we're talking about. So it, it comes down to who do you have the most confidence to be a role player when they're out there? And if, if it comes down to McCaw and Terrence Davis, then I'd say I'd rather have Terrence Davis out there because he's a little bit stronger, right? He's a little bit more athletic, and he has way more confidence than Patrick McCaw has demonstrated this entire season. Those are definitely fair points, and I don't think there's a, any clear winner that we're going to derive from this podcast. But the the thing I want to bring up, because the way I look at Patrick McCaw, I see his floor as being a lot higher than Terrence Davis's and Matt Thomas. I could see Terrence Davis maybe looking to do a little bit too much, like we've seen of him in the, over the past couple games. And but obviously, the the ceiling for a guy like Terrence Davis is the similar to the game like we watched against the Brooklyn Nets where he can be explosive a guy that slashes and knocks down those step back threes and Matt Thomas he's a guy that if he's not hitting his shots is he really an asset out there especially on the defensive end I know he, he he's been a lot better than advertised on the defensive end he, he's a guy that's able to stay in front of a player he's able to get rebounds last game he got about four rebounds in like five minutes of action so he they're they're definitely serviceable but I think the floor for Patrick McCaw, he's a bit longer, he's a bit more athletic, he's able to handle the ball. If the if he gets something in a in position where he needs to create, I think he'll make the right decision. Will he is he the best equipped out of these three players to get you a bucket to really take over a game or really change the change the momentum? No. He if you're making that argument, there there's no way Patrick McCaw is going to win that. But if you're looking for a player to really compliment a guy like Pascal Siakam, a guy like Kyle Lowry, a guy like Fred Embley, Norman Powell, who you mentioned it, are the ones that are going to create, I think as a compliment player, Patrick McCaw could be the kind of bread and butter that might be the reason Nick Nurse has looked to to play him more often with the starters, with these sorts of guys. His numbers aren't gonna flash at you in the box score. He's not gonna be a guy that that takes over or really just intrigues the average everyday fan. But the way he doesn't do anything really bad. He makes a couple of bonehead plays every now and then, but 
I think the consistency, you know what you're going to get from Patrick McCaw. I think that might be a, a thing that's a positive asset and a thing that's going to be in his favor in the playoff, come playoff time. Ben, you said that there's not going to be a clear choice. Here comes my my argument that Matt Thomas, <laughs> uh, my argument number two that there is a clear choice and that it's Matt Thomas is that we're going to be playing bigger teams in the playoffs, right? If if we match up later rounds, if we match up against yep. the the Miami Heat, they're a bit bigger than the Toronto Raptors, especially against the Bucks. Definitely the 76ers. Not so sure about the Boston Celtics. They're not more physically dominant, but it is a difficult matchup. They have big wings. But if you they think about wings. it, they are they teams are scouting Matt Thomas, right? The, in the few games that he's had, that he's played like he's contributed significant minutes. He will slip one screen or he'll come off one hard screen. He barely needs to be set. He takes those JJ Redick shots. Teams have to chase him over the screen, off a, over an off-ball screen to try to get a hand in his face to, to contest the shot because they know if they give him space, he's going to make that. That is the most, again, that's the most valuable asset that you can have in the playoffs because the ball is going to flow through the primary offensive players when the game slows down, and that is going to be Pascal Siakam predominantly, and that's going to be Kyle Lowry. And if it's Kyle Lowry, they're going to toss him into a bunch of high pick and rolls if Serge Ibaka is healthy or if Marc Gasol is healthy. And the worst thing that you want is a guy that the defense doesn't care about because they're going to slack off of him, and they're going to congest the lane more more than you'd want. And we want to be able to have good shots and, and, and get into the lane, especially when we're playing bigger teams that love to switch on us because they don't care. They're saying, well, you know, we'll have our small guard Pascal Siakam because we're going to have our help de- defense slagging off so, so far from the corner shooter that even if he beats the first man, then he's going to have right a defender against him. If your corner man is Matt Thomas and you have a big switch out onto him, he's got to stay out there to defend it because they don't want him taking that open corner mm-hmm. three. Yeah, no, that's definitely a fair point. Uh, I, I'm going to make my last couple points on Patrick McCaw because I think the, the Terrence Davis-Matt Thomas argument is a bit more controversial, a bit more fiery as they bring similar things. They, they're both more sparks, while I think McCaw is more baseline consistency. I think I don't think McCaw is going to be a guy that you just don't have to guard. I think he's able to knock down open shots. His percentages, his... You don't remember Matt, uh, Patrick McCaw's shots, but he does get them. He knocks them down. So when the, the scouts all check that out, they're going to see, okay, this is a guy you at least have to guard. So he's not going to be a negative on the court. And if he is that, no chance Patrick McCaw should be playing. But I, the thing about Matt Thomas, and you brought it up, what if he's not hitting those shots? What if, because Matt Thomas is one just skill that is significantly better than the other two players is the three-point shot. Let's just say a team, a playoff team, scouts him and knows to ride up on him and be be for be, lock him down on defense. What else is he going to provide as compared to a Patrick McCarr or Terrence Davis? Terrence Davis, yeah, ben, Patrick McCarr, they're going to provide ben, better if they, defense. If they are scouting him to handling. lock him down. Yep. But if they're scouting him to lock him down, to lock down a guy that his literally his only the only contrib- contribution is going to be off-ball movement, then they're going to have to be chasing him outside the perimeter over off-ball screens. So you've already effectively achieved your job that you've you've opened up the floor now. It's going to be one less man that's going to collapse on help if Pascal Siakam gets past his primary defender. But if we're running a bunch of off-ball screens for Matt Thomas, 
then that might take away from sort of the offensive focus of focus on getting the ball to Pascal Siakam, Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Bleed. It takes a lot of just offensive energy and, you know, focus to get these guys sort of open. I kind of, I agree with you at the point that it will be taxing on the defenders, but if they're focused on getting into Matt Thomas and just being locked down a thousand percent onto him, I don't know if he'll be able to be effective. And I don't know if that will come, his weight that you know the gravity so to speak that three-point shooters have I don't know if they'll be as effective in getting people open as you know if McCall and Terrence Davis couldn't shoot I I completely agree with you but I think they'll have enough gravity too to not make it that much of a difference and if Matt Thomas gets the ball he sometimes kind of stops the offense because he's not as good of a passer as a flower or as the other two guys but the player I want to kind of contest with you now is is Terrence Davis because he's a guy that is capable of getting on fire and containing that sort of gravity as a three-point shooter when he's on fire. We talked about how if he hits one, he's just a complete furnace, a microwave, and just is all ready to score. And if he's a guy that's that's able to do that and get a few buckets, knock down some threes like a p- potential Matt Thomas could, Terrence Davis is a guy that can dribble the ball and attack on top of the, the three-point shooting that he provides. So I, I, can, I see Matt Tom, uh, Terrence Davis, especially with what he's done this season, maybe being a guy that gets gets in there over Matt Thomas as well because he kind of brings more of that potential outburst, more of that potential explosion off the bench. And we've talked about how Norman Powell has done an amazing job in that role off the bench for the Toronto Raptors. But if, if you know, maybe they're not going, we've seen Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry struggle against bigger teams. Terrence Davis is a guy that not only can knock down the three, but scores in the paint, is a really good finisher. And maybe Nick Nurse looks to the finishing of Terrence Davis and the dunks that he can make and the reverse layups and the passing with after the explosive drives. Maybe that's more of a valuable asset as a more well-rounded scoring game. Like the, the Raptors love to play those types of guys. But I don't think that's what you're looking for in the playoffs. There's a reason that one through seven is a lock for playoffs for a playoff rotation is because one through seven, that's our one through seven scoring option. So we don't really need Terrence Davis. Like the 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 fate of a game, the win or loss of a game is not going to come on to Terrence Davis getting hot and scoring a bunch of points. I look at it like if you put Terrence Davis out there right now in a playoff series against the Bucks on the court in the second quarter, halfway through, this is the first time he's stepping on the court. And equally, you put out Matt Thomas, second quarter, midway through, he's not stepped on the court yet. In a vacuum, right? They they, they haven't even taken a shot yet. Who is the defense going to have to be more concerned about outside the perimeter and therefore put more effort, be a bit closer out onto him? They're going to have to be up tighter on Matt Thomas. Therefore, you've already achieved. Whether or not he, they, he scores any points the, the whole game, they have to bring their defense away from the paint more, giving more space to the rest of the guys on the floor that are already proven scorers, like the Pascal Siakams, that struggle the most when the defense really collapses in on him. And then if that happens, then, you know, and he needs to pass out, then I agree. Then it gets down to, well, who, who are you more confident that's actually going to score when it gets kicked out to them? That, yep. You know, maybe Terrence Davis would be better at that position. But I'm just thinking about it from the perspective of, what do you want? You don't want your eighth guy to be, your eighth man to be your number one scorer. You want him to just help the offense the most and that would help the most if there was a lot of spacing because the Raptors want to be a team that runs and attacks the lane that's a fair point and these three players bring something significantly different to the floor but I think the thing that made the Toronto has made the Toronto Raptors good especially over the past two years is everyone that they put on the floor can pass can dribble 
and uh, is and can score and can shoot. They can pass, dribble, scoot, and can defend. Those four intangibles are key for the the Toronto Raptors to play the sort of offense that they do, and it's the reason they kind of set themselves apart from the other teams. And I think McCaw does that all solid. He's solid on all four of those kind of intangibles, and that's why I think Nick Nurse likes him the most. Terrence Davis, I think he can do all four of those as well. Just it's a bit more up and down as we've seen. He's currently in a down spell, but when he gets going, he can do all four of those things. And Matt Thomas is a remarkable three-point shooter. And he's been a lot better at the defensive end than we expected. He's a lot better dribbler than we expected, but we don't really know. Or, and he's a lot better, and he hasn't really shown a passing ability, but he hasn't shown to be a complete horrible passer. But I think those th- other three aspects are not not really at the level of the other two guys right now or has, hasn't really been shown in the, the stretches we've seen from Matt Thomas. So I don't know, especially where he hasn't gotten the minutes throughout the course of the year, if uh, Nick Nurse is going to be able to run that in the playoffs currently without testing out in the last 20 games of the year. Well, let me just ask you, Ben, and it's not a perfect point, but let me just ask you. If we had J.J. Redick on our team, okay, coming off the bench also, mm-hmm. in addition to these yep. three guys, yep, who of the four would be your eighth man in the playoffs? J.J. Redick. Now, I haven't really seen him this season, so I'm, I'm going to refer to Sixers' J.J. Redick. And... You'd obviously go with J.J. Redick. I think with his experience and the the play, he's shown to be a clutch guy, a guy that knows how to get open, and he, he's a decent passer. He's a guy that makes solid reads. His defense isn't really at that high of a level, but he, he's a player that's that just knows what to be at. He knows he's played around stars. He can compliment people, and I see where you're coming from with this point, but I don't know if the other JJ Reddick's shown he's good enough in the playoff atmosphere at the other three things where he's not a negative on the court and I think in a playoff situation where people know the specific flaws of Matt Thomas and JJ Reddick you know just because we're comparing those two players maybe in the the playoff setting when they're focused on Matt Thomas it doesn't go as right as we expect and maybe Nick Nurse knows that so what I'm what I'm hearing though is that if we knew Matt Thomas could perform in the playoffs he would be the choice. He would be the clear-cut uh, eighth man. But we, we, we want to go with yeah. a more secure option. But is this not the season that we need to take that gamble and put out the best possible, the best potential lineup? Like it, it, We're definitely far from a sure shot to go to the NBA Finals. So wouldn't you want the best opportunity just based on potential? Or would you, would you be willing to just go down because Patrick McCaw is safer because he is able to handle the ball and do a pass, but he's not as impactful? I think we're we're betting our risks and our you know high bets so to speak the riskier plays are coming from giving the ball to Norman Powell trusting Norman Powell Fred VanVleet and Siakam right now and I think those are already guys that haven't been proven to be a one guys Kawhi took over that mantle as the a one guy and in the playoffs it was really Kyle Lowry as that B option for the for the Toronto Raptors and Siakam was third we're shifting a lot of players to make that sort of risk take up and I think. McCaw is the safest bet to not do anything really negative and you know you don't want a lot of sort of risky players out there because some are going to work out for you and some won't I think McCaw is the most stable option I think Terrence Davis is the most is the guy that will he's risky but he's the going to get you the most consistent buckets so to speak I think Matt Thomas is just the the guy if he plays at a JJ Redick level I think that's the highest ceiling that the Toronto Raptors can have but it's still something we haven't seen yet on a consistent basis from Matty T. 
So I, I don't know if it's something that you want to risk in the playoffs. You might be a dark horse, but it's been lively, Ben. And this was an interesting podcast to have because the, the games are ticking down and it will be different rotations. And, and a lot of it is contingent on health. And God knows that the Raptors uh, do struggle with keeping all their players healthy. So we might be having a completely different conversation come playoff time about, you know, who our eighth man's going to be. And we might be down between Stanley Johnson and O'Shea Brissett <laughs> at that point. So we, we, we never know. Who is the starting power forward? O'Shea Brissett. <laughs> <laughs> the Raptors call back Louis Scola. <laughs> oh, I'd love that. Bro, bring back Scola. That's what, that's what I have to say if we get any more injuries. But hopefully everyone's healthy. We did talk about Boucher much this podcast. But our, our front line, I think, is pretty set right now. I don't really see Boucher getting playoff minutes, assuming everyone's healthy. Maybe some spot minutes here or there, despite the fact he's played really well, especially in that Phoenix Suns game. So he he's going to be if Gasol or Ibaka still injured. But let us know what you guys think. Who do you think should be getting that eighth man rotation? Should we even go nine deep with how well some of these guys have played at times over the course of this year? We also know Rondé is a guy that's kind of been fighting for minutes as well. We didn't even talk about him in this podcast, but the shooting is going to be tough in the playoffs. So let us know in the comment section below. You're the best to make it this far. Check out the Twitter, the Instagram, all the cool stuff. Riker, any last words? It's for me, Ben. Cheers.